0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specially Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. It 4th of July at the Los Angeles Farmer's Market. Like every year, the American flag was hung proudly on the side of the clock tower, and the sign entering the market read, Your 4th of July Holiday Headquarters. The market was bustling with touring families, last-minute party planners, and of course, a few regulars. Dimitri, like many others, was dressed for the occasion. His suspender straps sported an American flag pin, and the handkerchief tucked in his front pocket was decorated in stars and stripes. This year, under Dimitri's suggestion, many of the farmers and food stall chefs gathered samples of their favorite 4th of July holiday dishes at the community tables so that the crowd could take a moment out of their busy day to enjoy a meal or at least a snack together. The aromas made the market smell like a family's backyard picnic. Grilled burgers and corn on the cob, spicy chili, and Dimitri's own freshly baked cherry pie. I love holidays, Dimitri said as he set two watermelons on the table and next to the bowls of coleslaw and potato salad. Across this entire country, at different parts of the day, people of all different backgrounds, of different ages, different places in their lives, will take a few moments to eat the same traditional foods. Dimitri smiled as he cut the watermelon into bite-sized cubes, adorning each with a toothpick and passing them out to the crowd. Food is the center of so many traditions, bringing people together around the table, creating memories, inviting stories. After all, each food item has a story to tell. Take this watermelon. Dimitri lifted a cube of watermelon up to his ear, raising his eyebrows and furrowing them again, a smile filling his cheeks as if he were listening to a whisper. The kids in the crowd giggled as they watched him. Dimitri held the watermelon cube up in front of him once again. This is not only a favorite for the Fourth of July holiday in America, it is loved in many parts of the world and tied to other yearly traditions. For example, watermelons are a favorite fruit in Vietnam. They are enjoyed as a cooling treat in summer, and in the winter during Tet, the Vietnamese New Year, watermelons are set on altars as an offering to ancestors. Some believe that the color of a Tet watermelon's juice will tell the fortune of the new year. If the liquid runs clear, it's a bad omen. But if it's a deep, dark red, they will count on good luck. Dimitri raised his watermelon cube up to his neighbor with a wink as if to cheers. There's a folk tale in Vietnamese culture about how watermelons came to be a common crop in their country. It dates back to the days of the Hung kings, and the island from the tail is said to be a real location. Many believe that centuries of sedimentation eventually merged the island to the mainland in the Tan Hoa province in northern Vietnam, and that the land still has sandy soil that is well suited for growing watermelons. Some even claim that the fruit grown from this region is the best in the country. What's the tale? Someone from the crowd asked. Dimitri smiled, ate the watermelon off the toothpick in his hand, and as usual, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dmitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. Once upon a time, in ancient Vietnam, there lived a king who was loved by his people, as he was a kind and generous ruler. One day a boy was brought before the king the poor boy was found aboard a merchant ship believed to have come from India, a country that had a history of trade along the Vietnamese coast. As I said, the king was very kind, and because he only had a daughter, he decided to raise the boy and love him like he was his own son, a prince. The prince grew up to be a wise, talented young man, and he was well-respected by everyone in the kingdom, especially by the king. The king was so pleased with the young prince that he arranged for him to marry his only daughter. I believe your kind heart and gentle soul will allow you to care for, honor, and respect my daughter, the king said, taking the prince by his shoulders and looking direct and deep into his eyes. And I believe your intelligent mind and level temper will allow you to rule this kingdom as my successor. The king held the prince steady for a moment before breaking into a smile that the prince mirrored. The king lowered his arms as the two bowed slightly to one another, both with smiles from ear to ear. The king threw an extravagant wedding for the prince and princess, and as a wedding present, he gave them the most beautiful castle in the kingdom to call home. The more the prince earned the king's favor, the more the king doted on the prince. But this led to jealousy among other men in the king's royal court, who started conspiring against the prince out of desperation and envy. They made up stories saying that the prince had become ungrateful and greedy, and was plotting to overthrow the king so he could claim the throne for himself. These rumors soon reached the ears of the king, and fear of betrayal shadowed his love and adoration for the prince. And so the king exiled the prince, princess, and their two children to a desolate island far away from the comforts and luxuries of the kingdom. But the prince remained optimistic and began to make a life on the strange island for his family. He built shelter, hunted for fish and clams, and foraged for wild vegetables. One hot morning, during one of his usual foraging trips to the forest, the prince noticed a group of birds pecking at some strange-looking black seeds. I wonder where these came from, he said as he picked up one of the seeds. He examined it in his palm and then looked back at the birds. Well, if you can eat these, maybe humans can too. He gathered a handful of the seeds and brought them home, scattering them around his family's hut, hopeful that they would grow into something great. As time passed, the seeds did sprout, and they grew into long vines that crept along the ground. Along the vines, strange fruit began to bud under the leaves, and the prince and his family watched with surprise as the green, striped fruit with smooth skin grew and grew, bigger than they could have imagined, bigger than the size of their own heads. When the prince cut it open, he was overjoyed to discover the vibrant red, sweet-tasting flesh that nourished his thirst and cooled him on that hot day. I knew this would be great, the prince smiled as he shared the fruit with his family together, they decided to call it Watermelon. They gathered as many watermelons as they could, the thick rind proving to be its own form of storage. They'd eat the fruit and save the seeds, replanting them as the prince had done the first time. After a few harvests, the prince's own watermelon plantation grew to be very successful, producing an abundance of beautiful watermelons every year. All the while, back in the kingdom, the king grew sorrowful as the years passed. As he grew old, he missed the comfort of his family, and he worried over the future of his kingdom. He wondered what had become of the prince, of his own daughter, and their family. One day, the king stood at the edge of the water, looking out at the horizon toward the island. Little did he know, at that very moment, the prince sat on the edge of the water on the island as he ate his watermelon, looking out at the horizon in the direction of the kingdom. He thought about his life back home, about the king, And as he let his mind wander to past memories, he carved his name into a fresh watermelon. When he finished, he held it out in front of him, just as the king had held the prince, then released it into the ocean, watching it float away into the distance. As fate would have it, the watermelon washed ashore near the kingdom, where it was found by one of the king's servants. Seeing the name carved on its rind, the servant rushed it to the king. "'My prince!' the king exclaimed as he took hold of the watermelon his eyes filling with tears as he lightly stroked the name. He's alive, the servant said. The king's heart filled with joy and pride, as this once again proved how intelligent and resourceful the prince truly was. The king knew right then that his daughter was still safe, and that the prince was destined to rule the kingdom. Quick, the king began with a hopeful smile. Gather my men, meet me at the ship's. The king sent them on a mission to find the prince, princess, and their children, and bring them back home to the kingdom. The prince returned with watermelons in hand, which he laid at the feet of his king. My prince, you have proven your worthiness time and time again. The seeds of this fruit shall be planted in our land, and nourish our people for years to come. This kingdom is lucky, for they now get to call you their king. With that, the king passed over his crown, and the prince ruled the country wisely to the end of his days. The end. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specialty Produce App on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time.